Welcome into the Deep Slant Podcast presented by Xfinity. Count on a powerful and secure Wi-Fi connection for all your devices. Xfinity XFi, can your internet do that? Welcome in. It's the Deep Slant Podcast. It's week 17. Got another great loaded podcast for you. And what could be better than two wins in a row? Uh, Three wins in a row, I would say. The Texans head off to San Francisco. They take on the 49ers. It's the last road game of the 2021 season. It's a 305 kick. It should be great. We've got a pregame show. We've got a postgame show. Pregame show should be myself, Drew Doherty, and Jonathan Joseph. First time that we've had Jonathan Joseph on the program, on any program, I think, since he's been retired. So I'm really looking forward to that. Getting his thoughts on this Texans team and what they've shown here late in the 2021 season, um, especially this guy, Rex Burkhead, who is featured on the podcast. He actually won the FedEx Ground Player of the Week, and I knew he was up for the award. He didn't received the award. He wasn't named um, the FedEx Ground Player of the Week until after my interview. So I did not get a chance to ask him about it, but I did ask him about the performance that led to the FedEx Ground Player of the Week, which was 149 yards rushing, 22 attempts, 6.8 yards rushing per uh, carry, which is tremendous. Plus, oh yeah, the two touchdowns, the two touchdowns. Rex Burkhead just really playing um, tremendously in these last few weeks. And the week before, he was hurt in Jacksonville. Still led the team in rushing yards and still helped lead this team to a win against the Jaguars. So now two in a row, Jaguars, Chargers, perhaps the 49ers. Lots to get into with this week's podcast. I'll also catch up with Kiana Martin. She is the senior reporter for the 49ers. They've got a little bit of a quarterback question going on. Seems like it's going to be Trey Lance, but it looks like Shanahan, Kyle Shanahan, is still keeping uh, the road open for a Jimmy Garoppolo return. I don't know if he's just trying to throw everybody off the trail so that uh, the Texans have to prepare for both quarterbacks. Seems like that's what it is, but hey, we're going to ask Kiana all the questions, plus D'Amico Ryan's as defensive coordinator. How differences at defense look uh, with the former Texans linebacker in charge over there. But first, Texans fans, Xfinity delivers the fastest internet in Houston, so you can do more of what you love, stream the game on a powerful and secure Wi-Fi network, and keep your home team happy with a reliable connection for all your devices. Xfinity XFi, can your internet do that? All right, let's get right into it. Rex Burkhead, FedEx Ground Player of the Week, and just a tremendous performance. Career-high day for him. Career tying two touchdowns and a career-high 149 yards rushing in that win over the Los Angeles Chargers. I had a chance to catch up with him, find out a little bit more about Rex, about the season he's having, the game ball that was handed to him by Davis Mills. We didn't have an answer on that after the game, but I asked Rex all about it. Got a little bit more clarification on why Davis Mills wanted him to have that ball after the game and more. He's right here, Rex Burkhead on the Deep Slant Podcast presented by Xfinity. Rex Burkhead, year nine. Rex, first off, how are you feeling after Sunday's game? I mean, that was, it was quite a lot that you did out there on the field. So how how does the body feel this week? Yeah, I actually feel not too bad. I feel pretty good. You know, offense line did a great job keeping some big hits off of me. Um, So yeah, looking forward uh, to San Francisco this week and getting after it again. Yeah, a career day for you. I mean, you've had two rushing touchdowns in a game before, but you've never had two rushing touchdowns plus 149 yards on the ground. I mean, I have to imagine after the season this team has had, just sort of running the ball, getting the thing, getting things going on the ground, had to feel extra special. 
Yeah, it did. Um, you know, that was something we took as a challenge kind of, you know, all year really getting a game where we established that run game early on being physical, not only in the first quarter, but all four quarters. And uh, the offensive line did that not only them, uh, the receivers out wide blocking the tight ends, you know, also all game long, uh, doing it from the get go and making, you know, my job easy, uh, reading the holes and finding them. Yeah, just a great collective effort by everyone on offense, really. Uh, after the game, though, Davis Mills, someone someone handed you a ball and said it was from <laughs> Davis. And you were asked about it in your post-game press conference, and you were not quite sure what it was about. I'm wondering if you got any clarification on the ball. Did Davis Mills give you the game ball after the game? He, he, he did, yeah. So I didn't know at the time. You know, someone came up to me and just handed it to me and said, hey, Davis wanted to be sure you got this. And so uh, I ended up talking to him about it. And he's like, yeah, man, you, you played your tail off, just wanted to give you a game ball. So you know, pretty cool, special um, by him, you know, to, and also to have that maturity level at a, you know, as a rookie as well, just to see in the big picture, the bit, you know, the whole game. And, you know, it was just a nice compliment from him. So he, he played a great game, let us down the field multiple times and, you know, made some unbelievable throws. Yeah. You'll forever be linked with Davis now for his first and his second career wins in NFL history. The week before his first career win in Jacksonville, I actually wrote a story about you because you had 41 yards rushing on the ground, which, you know, isn't just such a staggering stat, but the way in which you did it with the rain pounding down and you were injured, I think a lot of us thought you were not going to even play in Jacksonville, but you really pushed through with your toughness and everything. And, and Davis called you a fighter after the game. What was that game like for you mentally, emotionally, and then to go through that and then to come out with the win? I, I'm sure that had to feel really good, but well, what was that week like for you in that game in particular? Yeah, you know, like you said, the, the best thing about it was we won the game. And, uh, you know, a lot of guys are dealing with bumps and bruises as, at this time of year. And so, you know, I was just doing my best to, to fight through, um, you know, what I had going on and go out there and put my best foot forward. And, uh, you know, it was one of those, you know, condition games where, you know, the run game needed to be physical and we needed to uh, do a good job in that area. And we did. And uh, fortunately, it came out the win. All right. So in Sunday's game against the Chargers, Traymond Smith got a carry. And apparently he'd been lobbying with Tim Kelly to try to get a carry. What did you think of his first NFL rushing attempt. Yeah, he, he did well. You know, he took <laughs> it, got got outside as fast as possible. You know, I think after his kick return for a touchdown last week, he, you know, that was kind of his, uh, you know, showcase there that he could possibly do something on offense. And TK had faith in him to go out there and do it. And he, he made a nice game for us. Yeah, he said he's not sure if he wants to do it again, but he did say the <laughs> toughest part about playing running back is pass protection because he had done it a few years ago in the preseason. W would you agree that that's the toughest part of playing your position? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I think because you throw in the mental aspect of it as well, you know, making sure you're seeing the whole field and, you know, not only being on the right guy, but having the correct technique when you get there. And a lot of times you're blocking guys who are, who are much bigger than you. So yeah, you just got to be, um, you know, willing to do it, able to do it and uh, make sure you're, you're on your P's and Q's when you're doing it. Yeah. That's one of the things about your game Rex, that we hear a lot about is that you bring a lot of versatility to the ground game with, with everything that you're able to do it, even when it comes to rushing or receiving or pass protection. And, and you credited your dad for really teaching you about the position. Now, your dad played fullback, correct? What, what did he teach you about playing running back? 
Yeah. Well, he was kind of a running back slash fullback, you know, back okay. in the day. Um, he got a, a lot of carries, was involved in the run game. And so, yeah, he, he always preached versatility to me. He said, the more you can do, the longer you can play. So, you know, whether that was in pass protection or catching the ball of the backfield, you know, co- coaches love guys who can do multiple things. And so that was something he preached to me at an early age and, uh, you know, something I've taken pride in my whole career. Your dad didn't play a long time in the NFL, but he did get a chance to play with Dan Marino. Do you remember any good Dan Marino stories that he told? Uh, you know, nothing, no crazy stories, but he said, you know, he enjoyed it. You know, he got to play for Don Shula, who's the head coach there at the time as well. And so he, he enjoyed his experience. Um, you know, it wasn't that long, but, uh, definitely a lot of memories he took from it and, uh, you know, playing for, or with Dan Marino, of course, is uh, pretty special in itself. Yeah. And then now he works for the FBI or he did work for the FBI after football. Uh, he, he did. Yeah, he did. Are you allowed uh, to he talk retired about it? from that and now has his own own business. Yeah. All right. Well, you know, we've noticed at some of the home games or most of the home games, there's a little cheering section, um, a bunch of people wearing number 28 jerseys. Would those be are those your parents? Is that your family? It, probably so. Yeah, probably the, the parents, um, you know, my wife and, uh, you know, my oldest son, he came to a game, you know, a few weeks ago as well. So, yeah, yeah, we, uh, you know, they're up in Dallas, got a lot of family and friends around. So got a pretty good crowd there. <laughs> yeah. Have they been able to I mean, now that you're in Houston, it makes sense for them to be able to come down to, to Houston and watch your games. But over the course of your career, were, were your parents or were your family? I mean, your family obviously was living with you, but were your parents able to attend a lot of your games or is this really a first for them? Uh, yeah, they, they've always made a point to try to come, come out to as many as possible. Um, of course, it makes it a lot easier when it's just a short drive from Dallas, um, you know, here now. And so it is nice. It's nice for them. And, you know, also a bunch of, you know, friends I grew up with and then, um, you know, went to school with who were able to come as well now. All right. Well, you didn't grow up in Houston. You grew up in the Plano area, but you're back in Texas now after a really long time. What did you miss most about living here? Oh, man. Uh, you know, right now, I mean, 80 degrees, 70 degrees <laughs> weather um, during December is, uh, you know, pretty nice, pretty awesome. You know, I'm a warm weather guy for sure. I, I don't mind playing in the, the cold at all, but just the day to day, you know, warm weather is it's pretty nice. <laughs> yeah, it makes up for all those crazy days during training camp to get some nice 80 degree pleasant weather in December, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) All right, Rex. Well, looking forward to what you can do here for the last few games of the season. Congrats on the big wins and best of luck. Thank you so much. All right. Two in a row for the Texans, two wins in a row. And I don't know if the Burkheads are planning on going to San Francisco. That should be a fun road trip. I know a lot of Texans fans are looking forward to going out west. It's been a while since we've been out west for a regular season game. Uh, The last time we were out there, last time I was out there, 2013, Sunday Night Football, not a fantastic game to remember. So it would be good for the Texans to go out there and rewrite history with a really great performance and maybe another win with Davis Mills at the helm, maybe two rookies going at it. Head-to-head Trey Lance v. Davis Mills. We shall see as Sunday approaches and uh, these storylines pan out. The great news is the Texans, they got back over a dozen players off the COVID reserve list this week. So they'll have more of their starters than they did against the Chargers. And uh, I think that'll be a big boost to both the offense and defense. Even though the Texans were able to pull out a win against the Chargers without a lot of their starters, they did not have Joey Bosa, but guess what? There is going to be a Nick Bosa 
that will be active unless things change between the time I'm saying the sentence and you are hearing it to your ears. Uh, there's a lot to for Davis Mills to prepare for in this week's matchup and the rest of the squad for that matter. So it is going to be a challenge in eight and six 49ers team still looking to make the playoff push and they control their own destiny. If they win these last two games, they're in and this is going to be a big game for them as well. So let's get right into it with Kiana Martin. She's the 49ers senior reporter. And let's talk about this matchup for week 17. Kiana, great to see you out there on the West Coast. How's it been? It's going good. It's good to see you. You know, I know usually we get to see each other a little bit more, especially at combines. But of course, COVID changes a lot of things. But still, it's good that we can do this virtually together. It is good because these two teams are playing each other here in week 17. And the 49ers start off the season at two and four. And now they're in the thick of this NFC playoff race. So what's been the difference for this 49ers team to really turn things around this season, do you think? I think the craziest thing is that, you know, once they lost those four straight games, the biggest question was, what's this team's identity? We used to know it. It was, you know, pretty evident when they had that 2019 Super Bowl run. But 2020, it was a number of injuries. Uh, we like to write that year off. But 2021, you have these same pieces. You, you have what you need in order to kind of get back to that spot. But what's the problem? And I feel like the team got back to doing ultimately what they do best. And that's running the ball. Kyle Shanahan, you know, losing a guy like Raheem Mostert in week one is a tough blow for this offense. But being able to get some production out of your sixth round running back, Elijah Mitchell certainly helped the 49ers backfield. And then you have Jeff Wilson Jr. who came back from injury after tearing his meniscus and OTAs. He added a boost to their run game. And then obviously I got to throw in Debo Samuel, who we don't even know what to call him these days. A wide receiver who's been able to kind of take snaps uh, lining up in the backfield and really help the 49ers run game, getting back to what they normally do and what has essentially served them well in the past, I think was a real boost for the offense. And then defensively, I feel like the unit has been able to just kind of play cohesively. They've been able to play together. They were lacking those takeaways in the first half of the season. And since, well, excluding last week, they've been racking up at least two takeaways in six of their last eight games. So I think if the units kind of just found their groove and it's certainly worked to the 49ers benefit being able to kind of just get back to what they know. And that's playing complimentary football, essentially. All right. Well, I was going to ask you about the quarterbacks, but you mentioned Debo Samuel and I am so intrigued by him. He leads the team with seven rushing touchdowns as a wide receiver. He's also scored 12 touchdowns total this year. And oh, against the Titans, he put up 159 yards receiving. So he is a really good receiver. He's rushed for more touchdowns than any of the running backs. I know he's the Swiss Army knife sort of a player yeah. in that 49ers offense. How did his role evolve with the team? It's so crazy to believe because he had his his first year and he it was very promising. And then he followed up last year dealing with, like I said, 49ers with their injuries 2020. He was kind of in and out and then. Fast forward to 2021, and he's just truly just blossomed. Even before we got to see him as that Swiss army knife as a rusher, uh, he was actually leading the 49ers wideouts in receiving yards. So he was off to a really strong start. And then Kyle Shanahan decides to kind of draw up some fun stuff with him involved. And he's been leading the 49ers backfield since he's been kind of taking some of the handoffs. So it's just as you knowing his skill set and just how physical he plays, how this is a guy that I like to say both him and George Kittle 
they have like a game that they play where it's like, we refuse to touch the sideline. They will run through tackles. They refuse to go out of bounds. And that's just a testament to how tough these guys are. They call themselves the yak bros, getting those yards after catch or contact in Debo's case. Uh, but it's just their physical style of play. And Kyle Shanahan's been having a fun time just drawing up some unique plays with him involved. Yak bros sounds like a great slogan for a t-shirt. <laughs> All right. The big news, obviously, is the quarterback news coming out of San Francisco. We saw the reports early in the week that Jimmy Garoppolo suffered a, a sprain in his, the thumb of his throwing hand. Is there any chance that he could still play on Sunday with that? Because we saw he was not at practice on Monday. But what do you foresee for him and the, and the chances of him playing? I know that the 49ers really want to get this playoff race uh, under control, and they would like to do that probably with their starter. Right. Well, Kyle Shanahan said he's still holding out hope for the quarterback. Uh, he finished out that game last week against the Titans. He said that Kyle Shanahan said that he noticed that there was a little bit of a difference in the way he threw that ball. If everybody was watching, it was on prime time coming out of that second half through that interception in the first play of the third quarter. But he said that's when he noticed things were a little off with his quarterback, but he stuck in there, finished out that game. Now a couple of days removed, they're noticing things aren't quite the same with Jimmy Garoppolo, but they're hoping as the week progresses, he'll still be able to be in that lineup. The 49ers have a lot on the line, and of course, they want to go with the best option out there, which they believe is Jimmy Garoppolo. I know that's been the storyline this entire season is when will fans get the chance to see Trey Lance, but Jimmy, he has the experience. His record tells it for itself how he performs when he is the starter in on the 49ers offense. So 49ers are still standing behind him, hoping that he'll be able to kind of be able to be in this lineup on Sunday, but there's still a lot of question marks and a lot of time to see if he'll be able to dress up on Sunday. Well, the 49ers gave up a lot this offseason to get their quarterback in Trey Lance. So if he plays on Sunday, that would just be his second start this year. We saw him in some action with some other games, but what have you seen from him? You've obviously covered him since he got there in San Francisco, but what about his growth and development since he first stepped onto the field, practice field there to now? What have, where have you really seen him develop? What's actually interesting is literally about five minutes ago, I just got off of a call with 49ers linebacker Fred Warner, and I was asking him like, hey, you know, what have you seen? He's Trey Lance is on scout team. You know, you get to see him every day at practice. So have you noticed any kind of development with him? And he said he remembers that earlier in the year, you know, he was just so focused on being so perfect that he was hurting himself in practice. So Fred being a linebacker pulled him aside at practice and was like, hey, guy, like, listen, don't worry about all that. You have the skill. You have the talent. Do you do what you've been doing, do what got you here and what got you picked number three overall in the draft. And so Kyle Shanahan said that he's had his best string of practices over these last four weeks. And when he says that, we're asking, OK, so what made it so good? Well, he said his accuracy, for one, that's something that has really taken steps forward as he's been kind of playing behind Jimmy Garoppolo, his decision making. I know he's been lauded coming out of North Dakota State for his athleticism and how he can use his legs to extend plays. But now it's kind of developing those other parts of his game uh, so that he wants his number is called whenever that might be, he'll be ready to answer the bell, but it's mainly just his comfort. I think that's the most important thing. I think everybody knows how complex a Kyle Shanahan offense is, and it's not the easiest to grab. We even have receivers that have been in this offense for a number of years, and they're like, man, it took some time to get it down. So it says a lot that he's getting more comfortable under Kyle Shanahan. He's getting more comfortable in this offense, and it's starting to show at practice. Now, you know, depending on how things go, 
like the biggest question will be, will that translate onto the field? All right. Well, George Kittle, you mentioned him, one half of the Yak Bros. He's got six touchdowns so far in the season, which is really impressive considering he spent a stretch of time on IR. So now that he's back, we've seen what he can do with the ball in his hands. You know, what else does he bring to that offense that maybe doesn't show up in the stat sheet? It's not going to show up in the stat sheet, but I can certainly say it's his energy. Uh, George Kittle's energy is absolutely infectious. You see it. You see the difference even in practice when he's not on the field, when he is, when he is there, he's so dedicated to the game. And like I said, he does not believe in stepping out of bounds. He's going to try to run through tackles. He's going to fight for every single yard possible. Uh, He is a guy that is certainly, you know, whether it has to do with just being around the team or physicality or physically being on the field. He's a guy that just brings so much to this offense, what he can do. And then also when Kyle Shanahan draws up plays, he can add a little bit of just people trying to cover George and that leaves so many other guys open. He creates opportunities for other players and he's just so hard to game plan for. I was actually uh, talking to someone and it's so crazy when you're looking at this offense, the way they can line up in a formation, you can have your tight end in the backfield. You'll have your running back out wide the way Kyle Shanahan can move around his guys uh, to benefit matchups. It's, it's truly like a work of art. So the way Kyle, he does, which actually is so strange. George does have a couple of carries on the season. It's just amazing how Kyle can use these guys in a multitude of ways, and it can certainly benefit whoever is under center, whether that is Jimmy Garoppolo or Trey Lance. All right. Well, that 49ers defense is run by a guy that we know very well here in Houston, former linebacker, now defensive coordinator, D'Amico Ryans in his first year calling plays for that defense. How has he really changed things since he has taken over? I know Robert Sala was there last year. You know, has he really kept the same sort of defense in place? What sort of stamp of his own has he put on it? That was the biggest question once kind of that shift happened with Robert Salo going to the New York Jets. They, everyone was asking, all right, D'Amico, like, are you going to kind of change things? Are things going to kind of remain the same? And he said, you know what? Things were working. It's kind of like that saying, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. That's kind of how D'Amico Ryan's kind of stepped into this role. But he did say, but I will have a sprinkle of something that is my own. And that seems to have really taken well with the guys, even talking to Fred Warner. And he said, you know what? I can't think of a guy who was better at this role with us on this defense than D'Amico Ryan's being a former player, as you guys know, uh, and just what he brings, his knowledge, his experience. Uh, to the entire defensive unit, the guys have really taken well to what he does. And we've been able to kind of see the benefits of that, especially as of late in some of these games, these amazing uh, fourth down stops they've been having. Uh, that was last week. Um, the same thing was a week prior. Uh, they played Seattle a couple of weeks ago and they didn't have a first down for the entire or a new first down for the entire first half. So it's just the way that this team has been playing for him. I think it's really special because some of the guys do say that, you know, we want not only do we want to play for ourselves and our teammates, but we want to make sure we're putting our best product on the field for D'Amico because he deserves it. The way that he's kind of taken this defense and made it his own while still like keeping the fundamentals that Robert Sala had. Uh, The guys really appreciate that. And they love playing for a guy like him. Well, he's just one of the familiar faces that the Texans will see on Sunday when they face the 49ers. Kiana Martin, Kiana, thank you so much for the time. Looking forward to the game on Sunday. Likewise. Can't wait till Sunday. I was talking to Kiana afterwards online. She seemed to think, and this was earlier in the week, that it would be a game time decision 
whether Garoppolo would go or not. But as the week has progressed, um, Garoppolo was reevaluated. He's got a grade three sprain in his thumb of his throwing hand. They, he was going to be tested again. He's uh, limited at practice if he can go. Otherwise, he wasn't practicing on Monday. So Shanahan says Garoppolo has, quote, a chance to play this week. That could change between now and Sunday, but... It looks like it could be a game-time decision, but likely I'd be shocked if he played. I, I'm, I'm guessing it's going to be Trey Lance. So the number three overall pick in Trey Lance versus the third rounder in Davis Mills. I think it's been a great year so far for Davis Mills going up against some of these other rookie quarterbacks, and it really gives Texans fans a chance to sort of see how he grades out, uh, relatively speaking, to other rookies. So I think it'll be fun either way. Whether it's Garoppolo, whether it's um, Trey Lance, it should be a fun matchup on Sundays. Davis Mills gets another start. And be sure to check out the pregame show with Jonathan Joseph, Drew Doherty, and myself, Texans Unlimited, presented by Verizon. Uh, you just need to download the Houston Texans mobile app, and you'll hear all about it. And then, of course, the postgame show. We'll wrap up everything. We'll bring you the press conferences, what went right, what went wrong, all of it in a post-game show. We've only done it one other time this year. It was against, uh, oh, it's when the Texans were at Jacksonville, so hopefully we get the same results and we get to talk about a win right after the game. That would be tremendous, wouldn't it? All right, well, that's going to do it for the podcast for this week. Thank you so much for listening to the Deep Slant Podcast presented by Xfinity. And as always, oh, Happy New Year, by the way. And as always, go Texans.